Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. Hi, Jeffrey. How we doing? We good. How are you? That's good. How many people are still in uh, retreat recovery mode? Uh, I don't think I've had a chance to get into that mode yet. I kind of hit the ground running. I was laid up in Charlotte for uh, several hours yesterday. So uh, I was like getting uh, getting in, and then uh, I got uh, I got booked to uh, do a wellness talk at the uh, Go Red for Women luncheon today. Uh-huh. So I was working on that like till the wee hours of the morning. So I'm still kind of <laughs> running on fumes. Anyone else? How are we feeling? Oh, I'm here. We got Tom and we got Steven. I see a few of the callers. Is Kelly, did Kelly make it? Amina? There we go. Sorry. I was saying I'm here, Jess, but, like, I literally just ran in um, from several blocks away. So I've got a couple of small personal things to take care of first, so I'm on mute. Kelly, where else does this pattern show up in your life? Let's talk about that. <laughs> Who else is on the call with us? Uh, Amina. Hi, Amina. Amina. Oh. Hello. My little, dog, my little dog just barged himself into the room. I guess he wants to be on the call. Patsy's here. Hey, Pats. Hey. Patsy. I've never heard of Patsy. I don't know if that's a thing I want to get into. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> um, well, who'd like to pray us in? I'll do right. it. Go for it. Who? Happy. I'm sorry, did you just say Patsy? Yeah, yeah, I said Patsy. Patsy prays then. All right, cool. Yeah. <clears throat> God, we're so grateful for this opportunity to come together and uh, check in with one another, connect with one another, learn, grow, share. Um, we just want to make a holy offering of anything that would act as uh, something to impede us in being able to just flow naturally with one another. Um, 
any thoughts that we have uh, that are an illusion of our unworthiness or our lack, we just offer all of that up and declare that we are um, absolutely whole, perfect, complete, capable, willing, open, and we share that belief with all living beings, knowing that we're one with them. And so it is. Beautiful. We're going to get at that. Beautiful. So, everyone, um, it's good to hear everybody's voices. Good to be connected with everyone. And, um, you know, the intention for tonight really uh, is just to check in and also um, just go over some of the major points of... um, subconscious mind. So uh, as we are going to be shifting our attention onto Colin Tipping's Radical Forgiveness beginning next week. So um, let's just start with uh, takeaways and reflections and anything that uh, maybe uh, came up for you in regards to the retreat in the last couple days. So we can just all connect and share and, uh, and talk about that. But first, um, I'm not sure I know everybody that's on the call, so I just want to make sure that I'm clear. Uh, we have Patsy and Stephen and Kelly and Amina and Tom. Patsy, Stephen, Kelly, Amina, and Tom. Oh, I guess that is everybody. All right, cool. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so uh, in, in no particular order, uh, who would ever like to share? Let's just keep the uh, conversation on the retreat for right now. Um, let's just. Um, Share thoughts, experiences, insights, anything that you'd like to uh, share, anything that's come up, uh, the free, um, we'll call it our little expression session. Okay, well, I guess I'll go through. Go ahead, Tom. You go. Oh, you too. All righty. Um, well, really, what came up is just that I'm—I've uh, been kind of uh, bringing up, you know, I've kind of been—I uh, um, guess you would say—getting over it, you know, getting over and uh, kind of catching up on the sleep and stuff, and uh, being able to, I guess, uh, really go back through some of my notes and stuff that I. I've taken copious notes on, and uh, really finding out that, you know, what I'm learning, you know, is basically is basically the uh, interconnectedness of all of us, and how great it was to really see everybody and to be able to connect uh, with Steve and Mike and you know, everybody, and it was like, it was kind of, it was exhilarating, just kind of went too fast, I thought, but, you know, it was, uh, it was good. Beautiful. 
Stephen, did you want to share? Uh, yeah, um, I will probably just echo a lot of what Tom said, but I, um, I think I just, I feel so different <laughs> in some weird way. Like, um, I, I finally went back to work today and, uh, like I react to things differently. Like I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I pause a lot more. <laughs> It's like I go into like a little, uh, I don't know, like a little sacred space before I react to a uh, a situation. I'm pretty sure everyone thinks that I like took like some major acid trip or something, and because like the behaviors that I was participating in just aren't, I don't know, aren't aren't serving me right now there. It's been an interesting little awareness thing. Like, oh, okay. Who else else is experiencing like a little bit of like what feels like an energetic or psychic shift that isn't super clear, but you definitely feel... uh, Yeah. Yeah, I definitely am. Um, it's uh it's interesting Stephen uh because i i'm having a similar experience um with um i don't think of myself generally as being a really reactionary person and yet i'm really conscious of the fact that since getting back um i really do take that moment you know it's the the pause button Jesse talks about all the time i find that i uh, there's just my instinct is to take a second before responding uh-huh. and uh it's and it's 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 wonderful it's great but it's also made me very aware of uh, i'm more conscious of the fact that that's not the that's that hasn't been my regular behavior um but it's also it's also very clear to me that it's it's serving me to do that. It's serving me and whatever the circumstance is to take that moment to just stop and breathe and say, okay, let me, let me listen for what's best to do here. Yeah. Uh, so I've been, I've been, I guess the word for it is just, I felt an enormous sense of peace and, um, I've been really anxiety free, uh, and just, Enjoying that, being comfortable with stillness, comfortable with uh, letting things unfold as they are and not trying to control that in any way. Um, And some of the exercises that we did when we were at the retreat, it's been interesting to see them playing out here in real life, in real time. Um, I had one experience, and I won't go into all the details of it, but I had an experience where I was actually feeling compelled while we were at the retreat to um, sit and, and speak with someone who I had a, I had a revelation while we were doing the exercise where we got the quote and we had to do the five minute talk. So I had an experience sitting in that circle where I became aware of a behavior in me that had been there for a really long time and was so unconscious. And, um, it was it was really clear to me sitting there like i i was like oh wow i do this this is i do this and for all the 
years that I couldn't understand why people would respond to me in a certain way, I'm realizing now what that thing is I was projecting. And so I felt very compelled to um, to sit with a person who I felt I'd done this with the most and uh, and ask for forgiveness for that, apologize for that. Um, and I had an opportunity to do that on Monday. And what was so funny about it was by the time we had the conversation, I was so emotional. Um, I was, you know, and I was just in tears and I was like, so, I'm so sorry. I, I, I wasn't even conscious of the fact that I was doing this and, you know, and, it, and you must have felt this way all this time and blah, blah, blah. And I went through this whole thing and the response was like, really? No, I'm fine. Um, but it was an opportunity for the person to say, oh, and what's really going on here is that maybe you just need to forgive yourself. Um, and it felt a lot like the forgiveness ex- exercise that we did there. So, um, But all that to say it's good. There's been a lot of a great deal of release, and I'm expecting there will be more. I Yeah, I same thing with me, Patsy, and I, I, I kind of – I can't remember if I told Jesse this or not, but like yesterday, I got into Charlotte yesterday morning to uh, snow and we sat um, on the plane on the runway for like three hours. And I was like, weirdly okay with it. And I couldn't tell if it was because I (laughs) wasn't ready for the trip to end or if it was like, um, like, wow, am I like this person now? Like, am I a patient person now? So... (laughs) So I'm interested to see what how like things start to integrate in. How many people? Um, <clears throat> I don't want to plant any seeds, but what were people's observations of uh, the responses posted on Facebook and Twitter about the Academy Awards this year? <laughs> I haven't even read any. <laughs> Maybe it's totally me. <laughs> no, I was so. It's funny because I definitely. I was. I don't even know what how to describe it except that so much of it just seemed like much ado about nothing and so much silliness and. Um, but also, I was just like you know we came back and I and I was just feeling so chill about everything. And it was weird to sort of feel like I was on the outside looking in at everybody just losing their shit. But I think people were losing their shit. It yeah. Was, it was really like, I mean, I <clears throat> I, uh, I, uh, really observed, like, I was like, it came, became clear to me, I'm like, wow, like, like, this is supposed to be just a fun night about, you know, like, a fun night celebrating fun entertainment things, and um, people were so upset. About about what I missed. Thing. I think I missed something. <laughs> well, what? that's the thing is, it Patsy said it right, hit it on the nose. Much to do about nothing. People were getting upset about nothing. It was like <laughs> one of the big one of the big conversations this year was that uh, it was like the whitest Academy Awards in a long time, and so um, and it was. Uh, but then there were, like, all of these, like, but because of that, there was so much opportunity for judgment and to see how, like, it was, everything was being done wrong, and they did this whole tribute. I was reading, like, 
this tribute of someone, like there's all these posts about how offensive Lady Gaga's Sound of Music performance was. And I was like, I was like, why is Lady Gaga doing the Sound of Music medley to celebrate the 50th anniversary of this iconic musical before they do like the best score? Why is it so offensive? Why is it hurting people's feelings? Um, <laughs> I didn't understand. And like, Listen, I mean, I, I understand there's lots of whatever, but for me, I was just standing back. I was just like, I don't, I mean, from this point on, I, I'm, I'm never going to take the Academy Awards seriously again because it doesn't look fun when we take it so seriously. Anybody, did, did it, what was your experience, Patsy? That was pretty much it. You know, I'm, I, I love film, love it, and make part of my living in it and I'm not hugely into award shows but I never miss the Oscars um and it was such a drag for me this year and I and I kept trying to figure out why it was such a drag and I realized that some of it was definitely related to the fact that I was watching it on the heels of having come back from that retreat experience it, it was just it it everything it just seemed disproportionately insane Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah. I get it, and I get that that we love it and we're passionate about this, and I do think that there's an opportunity to have great conversations about equity and all that kind of stuff, but it was so, people were, I mean, heads were blowing off over the most insignificant stuff. And for me, it was sort of, I mean, you were saying that for you, it was like, I'll never really take them seriously again. For me, it was more like, um, I just, for I personally need for my life and my time and my energy to be about something else. You're right. And again, you know, with this too, it's easy for us to judge the response from the Academy Awards, you know, like, one must ask themselves, if people are getting this worked up about the Oscars, what's really going on? You know, um, I think that there's the tides of change in the consciousness of America, but at the same time, um, it's, it's an invitation for us all to be really mindful of where we allow ourselves to be triggered, where we allow ourselves to energize separation, where we allow ourselves to energize victimization, and also like, <clears throat> like you said, as an artist, Patsy, like, what is it that we're, what, what, why are we doing what we do? Um, just interesting, interesting conversations, interesting observations, you know. Um, anyhow, that's my take on the Oscars this year. Well, I, I missed all of it because, like, by the time Sue Shot and I got back in and then I got out, like, I, the only, weirdly, the only thing I did see was, was the Gaga thing um, when I went to the uh, Abbey to see uh, uh, Chris Tompkins. But even, like, my whole night out, like, I see my friend uh, was expecting me to want to, like, rage. And I was like, I just want to dance. Like, I don't even want to drink. I said, just get me somewhere where I can dance. <laughs> and that's, like, what we did mostly Sunday night. I just wanted to like, I just like I had so much like N that I just had to like express. And um I think I had two drinks and then like I just like just let me tear up the dance floor. 
I was twerking at the rage. I'd just like to add um, on the Oscars and then we can move on. Um, I was watching it with a friend and some of his sister's friends. Like, I didn't know any of the other people there, two couples. Um, But I was really interested in all of the moments that artists took to bring an injustice or a cause to the attention of everyone listening. And I really felt and I feel that that is, you know, without being in a in a should or a judgment about what artists should do, but I do think it's an important role that artists play and it is an important responsibility to bring things to the awareness of the general public. So I was really appreciating those moments. And I was listening to some of the people's speeches and in Yuritu, when he was talking during one of his speeches, I, I said out loud to my friend, I said, oh, he knows the truth. And um, I think it turned out later that he, like, f- follows Thich Nhat Hanh or something. You know, I think some the Thich Nhat Hanh Facebook page put something up about him. So I was like, mm, mm-hmm, I got that. I, it was very clear to me. Um, and I thought Lady Gaga was fantastic. And I've had such a judgment about her and I'm really like, wow, she is really good. <laughs> so, yeah, I would just I would just tack on to that, Amina. That I actually thought um, I thought several of the artists who were there, I, I thought that they used their platforms extremely well. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was actually just more re- re- responding to the way people were responding to the award. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, I got that. It was so crazy, <clears throat> but. Um, but yeah, I, I I did see a lot of that, and and uh, my sense is that we'll see even more of it. And I was so touched by the response the response to the song "Glory" that John Legend and Common did so brilliantly, and mm-hmm. the the audience response was just overwhelming, and it, that felt really good to me to have that acknowledged so beautifully. Oh, that was a beautiful moment. Yeah, that was very powerful. And and to me, it was like, oh, they get it. You know, they do get it. Even though there's all this frivolity and, you know, craziness, they actually get it. You know, what was I also observed was uh, uh, when Neil Patrick Harris did a joke at someone's expense, it wasn't well received that evening. Where usually... Usually pretty well received, but this this evening mm-hmm. it wasn't uh, it wasn't super well received. Which is, you know, I think that's a good indicator too to like, you know, to be will to be kind, you know, to be kind and uh, and I yeah. really did appreciate some of the. I mean, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm definitely team Patricia Arquette. Um, I really really thought that she was uh, she did pretty great. She was brave to do that because. Um, to to share about you know women's uh, women's uh, equality because mm-hmm. uh, that could easily be not taken well, but I feel like it was a perfect response. And I think that whoever was the camera person and, and caught Meryl Streep, who sort of like if Meryl is saying yes at the Academies, then everyone should say yes at the Academies. <laughs> 
But, uh, you know, I thought that was a really great, um, like Patsy said, and, or no, like you said, uh, using the platform. Because, you know, it's, there is a, uh, it is a good, you know, conversation, something for us as spiritual students to contemplate is, you know, when, you know, the Marianne Williamson approach is saying, you know, we have to speak up against inequality, but we must energize also that equality in itself energizes separation. So how do we stand in love, for love, as love, and support a shift in the consciousness so we are all lifted up, you know, to energize that vision? Um, And I think that when it comes from a space of understanding, it's received differently than when it comes from a space of victimization. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds true to me. It's definitely something to work with, though, because we're all so conditioned. So, you know, it is good to consider. Indeed. So, anybody else have anything they'd like to share about integrating back into normal society? (laughs) It's been interesting because I had an extra day outside of my reality, which was nice. Um, Went to Desert Hot Springs to see a friend and came back the next afternoon, and, and that felt good. And then I just... I I just couldn't stop thinking about everyone and like I was just missing everybody and so I was so happy to go to PSLA on Monday night for a meditation and see Stephen there again and get to say goodbye to him before he left and then Tuesday I was like gosh I kind of want to go to life support so I could see everybody and then Jesse was like hey can you come and give some feedback? So I was like, yeah, because I was kind of thinking about going to do something else too. And uh, so that really tipped it um, for me. So I've just been like, yeah, I've just been feeling very connected to all of you and really appreciative of, the deepening in our relationship, not just the people that were new, Stephen and and Mike coming in, which was tremendous, absolutely tremendous, Um, but also just to be, get closer to all of the local practitioners. It really felt like we went to a different level and, you know, the, the work that people are doing individually supports the collective so deeply. And I really feel that kind of resonating. And I'm just, oh my God, I'm just so grateful. And I I love you so much. It's just mind boggling. (laughs) (laughs) You've been boggled. I have been boggled. I'm stumped. (laughs) Mine will never be the same again. It was nice <laughs> to get to know the locals better. Um, I, I was really grateful that, um, I mean, because, you know, for the, for those of us who see each other the most often, it still averages out to about once or twice a week, and it's 
you know, for a very specific amount of time, and then we get in our cars and go back to our respective homes. And um, it was, I, I loved getting to know Lisa better. Um, you know, we shared a room with her, and that was, yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. There was definitely a, a deepened appreciation for everyone, and I, and I feel the closest I've felt to the community. And I'm so impressed with the really the quality and the deepness of everyone's work. It's so apparent, you know, in every single person that they just showed up and went there and delivered whatever they were asked to do was just just astonishing. Not that it didn't seem possible, but it's just it just seemed so I don't want to say easy, but it just seemed like people were so committed, mm-hmm. and the amount of healing that was evident was just like, wow. And to me, I would say I was still on a high because of the all the bonding between all of us that you don't get, like uh, Betsy says, you know, you don't get... Uh, on uh, when we there for a short time on on Sundays and during the week and then go home and uh, you got to see some, each person in a new light and it was very very exhilarating and I yeah. was still on the high you know even when I went to dialysis on Monday morning that uh, even though I was tired still from everything but it was still like uh, you know, nobody really wanted to leave uh, pretty much on on Sunday morning, you know, when uh, when we did leave. But uh, it was still like uh, everybody was in there, in their element. And, you know, you can't take that from anybody. Mm. I was just so um, overwhelmed by how genuinely nice everyone was i you know i I don't know what i expected but or if i even had any expectations but um like when i literally when i left i was just like oh my god i just made like so many new like friends doesn't even seem deep enough to to describe my feelings for all of you but um just that everyone was so like just real and um, and I think it was Patsy that said, like, everyone just, like, showed up and was honest and, like, held nothing back, and I, it's, I don't know, I, I'm so crazy homesick <laughs> for, for you all, like, it's, uh, it's, it's nuts, and, um, I talked to one of my best friends, uh, last night, and he said, well, did you have a good time? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm moving out there, like, just so you know, that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was just uh, I, I don't know I I said this to Jesse and Chris in the car when they took me to the airport that you know I don't use the term I hardly ever use the term and I certainly don't use it lightly but it was it was truly life changing it truly was like I just in my core feel uh, like I, I just can't even put the words 
to it of, of the shift that I, that I feel. Um, I just really can't. And it's like, uh, I, I got back to town and all these opportunities came up for me and I'm like, well, of course they are <laughs> because I made the board of my purpose and I put the things on there that I needed to align to that purpose. So of course these things are happening. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, I uh, I got to share, honestly, I felt some sort of psychic shift. Um, and it was, it took a while, it took me a couple of days to, uh, to come back to, uh, to feel normal. Not that I, necessarily wanted to but knew that I kind of had to uh, if I was going to make it <laughs> in this week. It's, it's almost like I felt like I'm like uh, like Clark Kent, you know, um, keeping the secret. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, in in complete authenticity and transparency. I had to eat like some really heavy foods just so I could come back down. And um, from Sunday to Monday, I slept 15 hours. I slept, I've never slept that long in my life. I slept 15 hours. Um, And uh, then Monday, the rest of Monday was so like sensitive to like the touch and sound and everything. And Tuesday, I finally started to feel kind of back uh, back in it. But, like, for literally two days, I needed to eat, like, heavier, uh, lower, what I imagined to be lower vibrational foods. And part of me was like, oh, you know, I wish that, you know, that like, don't, don't do that. Stay in it. Work with this higher vibration. And I literally had the intuition to say, you're not ready. Just eat. Come back down to earth. <laughs> Watch the Oscars. <laughs> you know, like, like, come on down, come on down. And, uh, uh, but it really was like, uh, there was moments where I felt really like dizzy in the desert and like, uh, very, um, I felt very supported by the land and the collective, uh, the collective intention there. Um, you know, it was interesting. It was really quite something. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I could like, I, I completely understood the teachers who are in teacher zone all the time, like how they have, do you know, like Thich Nhat Hans or the Dalai Lama or even, you know, um, Pema Chodron, like I totally got the monastic thing. I totally got like just being, you know, in, uh, in that space all the time. Like I could totally see why that's absolutely appealing and why, you know, it's great to have a kind of a, a entourage with you that's always holding the space with you. Um, yeah, I mean, I I got, like, I even got how, like, like Marianne Williamson is, can be, like, kind of really sensitive and which can come off being sort of, you know, mean. Like, I get like, that sensitivity that comes from, I understand, like, that channeling work that she does, how it, it can be, you know, create a lot of sensitivity. So, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely had a 
I mean, I had a life-changing experience for sure, path-changing or at least uh, something clicked, something clicked into place. Uh, and I'm interested to see how it continues to unfold for uh, for me and for the community, for everybody, for the teachings and see what happens. Uh, so much of the stuff, like I had like this thought of like, what if I just completely unplugged from Facebook and Twitter and all that shit and just trusted that, you know, I can work within the invisible with law, with principle, you know, uh, and do my work in that capacity, you know, for us. Not have to worry about, you know, PR campaigns and branding and all that stuff. Um, anyways, yeah, I just really feel connected to spirit, to the community, to you all. Uh, I just I really love that, like this, like uh, group of teachers is like emerging in the community of, uh, and it's such a diverse group of teachers. Oh, it's gonna be so, it's so wonderful to see this actualize itself through our experiences in life. It's really a beautiful thing. And I don't even know what that thing completely is yet, but uh, it's really quite quite beautiful. Um, Jesse, I really I want to commend you and thank you because I thought you were superb and you were just on fire the whole time and it was just so exciting and and so wonderful and you really did a great job. Yeah, so I was actually going to say something along the same lines. Of course you were. I was going to talk about about you, Jesse, and then I have a I had a question for the group. But the comment was that I I'm often um, aware of uh, of your uh, um, your intuitiveness. Like I, I feel like you. I feel like you listen and um to spirit and 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 act according to what you hear. I see that um just during the course of the regular services and that sort of thing and um you have this amazing sense of I think Amina mentioned it at the retreat, but I have noticed that you have this ability to um be with someone and and have a sense of their greatness and their and the role that they're going to play um a lot of times when they don't even see it in themselves. It's a real gift. But I I have to say that the the five days that we spent together, all of that that I've noticed in you in the short time I've known you just seemed uh, just exponentially greater. There was such a um, it was it was really inspiring to to be around and really powerful and I do believe that that willingness in you to be open in that way had everything to do with how open the group as a whole was and uh, committed to the process and willing to participate so I, I do thank you for that it it was um it was an amazing way of leading by example and um pretty cool pretty cool uh then the question I had was, did anyone have a, a a physical response to the environment? I had a by the third, I think it was on the third night there. I had a moment when I was lying in bed and I thought that the bed was moving a little. It's you know like that like when you get an earthquake tremor. And I asked 
my roommates if anybody else was feeling it, and they said no. And then it occurred to me it was I was actually feeling it in my body, um, really heightened sort of vibrational thing. And then throughout the rest of the time we were there, when we were in the circle, prayer circles or whatever, we were holding hands. I had almost every time someone held my hand, someone would mention to me that my palm was vibrating, my palm was buzzing. Uh, did anybody else have anything like that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, almost like, for me, it felt like a very gentle vertigo. <laughs> you know, exactly. Um, okay. Really, yeah. Um, and I, that's where I really felt as like, that's why I keep saying there's a psychic shift because that's what it felt like. You know, I'm like, there's just something moving, and I also feel like the land was supporting us, too. And I've never been big on sacred land and all that stuff, and it could just be because of the intention of everyone there, you know, the work that we were all doing, I was feeling, but uh, it it definitely felt, you know, if that's what, a you know, having a vortex next to your house feels like, I understand it. But I, mm-hmm. I do feel like... Uh, uh, there was a shift happening in, 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 and I, I felt it in me. I have to suspect it was in all of us in some capacity. I mean, the level of like peeling off layers, you know, I mean, if you really look at what the conversation we had, we didn't have any like, we just opened up the conversation to just, and the invitation just to be authentic and transparent. And that's where all this shit, you know, the shit just came to the surface and, you know, came off. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I totally felt, felt, I mean, that's the thing that I was having a hard time describing too, was like, I just feel like, like, uh, and like when, when I said, like, I needed to, like, I needed to eat, like I had Mexican food and stuff to like help me with that aspect of it too. So yeah, you're definitely not alone. All right, y'all. Any other thoughts? Feelings? Anything anyone likes to share? All right, beautiful. Let's take a five minute break and then um we are just gonna go uh do a little review on the highlights of uh subconscious mind. And uh, we may end a little early tonight, which I'm totally okay with. So uh, go ahead and take your little potty break, fill up your tea, water, and uh, we'll meet back here at it's 7.15. We'll start at 7.20. Um, just leave the phone on and on mute.
Okay. So it is 7.20. Are we all back? I am back. Yep. Yeah. All right. So. I'm back. Great. Let me just get my, oh, you know what? I grabbed the wrong bag. Hold on one second. Talk amongst yourselves. I have to go grab uh, my book. Boy, it's easy to acquire a lot of bags and computer cases and things like that if you're not careful. Okay, so uh, power of your subconscious mind. Um, Amina, I'm going to invite you to, in fact, I'm going to allow invite everybody. Let's take one minute, uh, one to two minutes. I'm just going to let you open the book and look about, and um, I'm going to invite everyone to choose a section in the book that we've reviewed that stood out to them or something they particularly enjoyed or something that really uh, gave them an aha moment. And you don't have to worry about choosing the same thing as someone else. Don't worry about that. Just uh, if there was anything in, anything specifically that really um, had a light come on that you just really we're drawn to. Find that now. Go ahead and just take a couple minutes to review and um, we will share that. And I'm sure that will, I trust that will open up the conversation nicely for this great book. And then we'll get you some um, overall uh, thoughts about the reading, the text. So I'll go ahead and give you guys um, just another minute. Okay, so um, why don't we, uh, I'm gonna, let's just open up for about five minutes, and uh, I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts about the book, your insights, and what you've uh, learned by reading this. We'll start with Amina. 
So to me, I think the book is really helpful because it's a reminder of stuff that we know when we've heard in different places, but it really reminds you to put it into practice and how important it is to be vigilant with our thoughts. And we talk about this and different people tell us, you know, to pay attention to our thoughts. And we have so much power that we're not utilizing, that we're not accessing. And and I think it's it's really important to to pay attention to that and to be focused on what we want to bring forth. And recognizing that even little doubts and things that come up can keep us from achieving what we want. And I've, I've been kind of listening to myself talk lately. And, you know, I've been going back and forth with this work thing, and that's been a real place of learning for me. And I've noticed, you know, just kind of affirming things that aren't, helpful, even though they seem innocent. It's not helpful if you're affirming, if I'm affirming that I don't sleep well in Joshua Tree because of all the energy there, which has been my experience, which so it is, you know, it is coming from an experience. But if I keep saying that, it's not going to help me sleep better, is it? Exactly. Beautiful. Yes. Well, who else? Uh, who else became very clear about the language they are using? I become clearer every day, and what has uh, helped me, you know, was especially in chapter six. Even though I already read all the way up through chapter twelve, but uh, the practical techniques that there is more than just one technique. So what works for one person may not necessarily work as well for another or at different times. And uh, there are different techniques that might work one time that might not necessarily resonate at another time, but it's all programming into the subconscious mind what we are and that uh, what we do program that we we don't uh, always understand what we are programming. Sometimes we're using this power that Mina spoke of in uh, ways that are not exactly for our highest and best good. And uh, even though we're learning from it, it's still what we program is still what we program. And the subconscious mind doesn't take a joke, and it's just whatever we give it is what it will it'll, uh Push, push out, and you know all of these different techniques that uh, I find that are useful from one time to another is very basic. That you know it, it's something that we can all relate to at one time or another, but not always utilize. Yeah, beautiful. You know, again, if it works, use it. That's Ernest Holmes. If it works, use it. And, of course, what's, you know, somebody's going to prefer vanilla. 
and someone's going to prefer chocolate. I mean, there are times when I will use the argumentative method, too, that kind of arguing, making uh, that all of these negative thoughts are just are not true, and utilizing it where, you know, arguing to the truth that this is what we are. And I was reading this the other day in uh, the Science of Mind textbook where one of the the techniques that uh, uh, Ernest Holmes used, he says, his treatment is the argumentative method, you know, versus the realization method. So sometimes, you know, you can use one or the other or a combination of several. Can you give me an example of when you use the argumentative technique? Okay. Like if uh, I'm not feeling well, and I know that the truth of me is perfect hell, and yet I, you know, my mind, my body is saying something, you know, and I'm having to say, okay, well, this is not true. This is, you know, this is what you're feeling right now. And you're, I know I, I'm acknowledging it, but I'm not staying in that truth. I'm staying in that uh, the truth that I'm perfect, whole, and complete as I am. And I realized, the other, like, there at the retreat, there was uh, one time when I was doing the labyrinth, and I was uh, thinking, you know, well, if such and such uh, happens, you know, I might be wealthy. And I said, well, no. God is the source of the substance of my supply, you know. So it's all dependent. It's all on God, you know. That my the way I am thinking, you know, is is not relevant to outside conditions. Is that God will use things that uh, we don't even necessarily know of right now, you know. And so those are the types of argumentative methods that I've used. Great. Beautiful. Uh, what else, what other um, sort of wide-sweeping uh, takeaways does, did anyone get from the book? I think just um, for me, it's the... Uh, hold on, I have it... I have the page folded and highlighted. Um, Sorry. Um, We, uh, uh, well, okay, all the pages are different, but it's the, um, what is impressed in the subconscious is expressed. Uh, It's the last paragraph in that chapter. Uh, We injure ourselves by the negative ideas which we entertain. How often have you wounded yourself by getting angry, fearful, jealous, or vengeful? These are the poisons that enter your subconscious mind. You were not born with these negative attitudes. Feed your subconscious mind life, giving thoughts, and you will wipe out all the negative patterns lodged therein. As you continue to do this, all the past will be wiped out and remembered no more. Um, Just trying to remember that like in moments of, you know, it, it's been a, a kind of challenging time at work. I think you, I talked to you a little bit about it the other week. 
where I was taking on a lot of people's stuff. After that, I was getting real pissy and real judgy and, you know, anxious. And then I was like, wait a minute, this is one, this isn't even my business to quote Byron Katie. Um, and two, okay, what happens if I start rejecting these thoughts with the, um, there was one where, you know, not to finish a negative thought to immediately reverse it with, with a positive thought. And, uh, and that seems to work for me because it's not just the words that I'm saying out loud, but it's the stuff that I'm saying internally that I'm finding. I'm like, oh, okay, this is that's a shadow thing coming up. Beautiful, great. So, give me an example of how you take on other people's stuff. Um, well, I think like I was talking to you the other day of where um, I have the one employee who, um, you know, basically my bosses want me to um, uh, fire. And then I start going into this whole thing like, well, what if, if I fire her? What is she going to do for her money? What is she going to do for her job? She has kids. You know, and then I just like it dawned on me like, okay, this isn't my, my business. I mean, I can I certainly have compassion for her. But at the end of the day, if you're not doing what your your job is, and you know, I loved what you said to me the other day, like just do your job, just show up on time, with a good attitude, <laughs> etc. I'm like, okay, and those are the things that she hasn't been doing, and that's her business, not mine. But I was taking so much of it on, like even like guilt, like feeling guilty about it, even. And so that was like feeding other areas where I feel guilty or felt guilty. Not so much anymore, but uh, where I felt guilty. Great. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's, you know, it's interesting. Um, and I think we had the conversation over the retreat of, you know, how we try to uh tag things as spiritual and unspiritual. And so many times we see our jobs, if they're not in a, um, you know, quote, spiritual realm, um, it's the challenge is sometimes to make that work spiritual. And I think I just kind of finally realized, like, okay, the only way I can do that is to is to be authentic when I show up for work. And no, I can't, you know, quote, save everybody. Like, you have, everyone's responsible for themselves to some degree. Oh, we completely um, confuse being kind and spiritual with being codependent at times, for yeah. sure. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. And, um, I think that and it, it, it's been interesting to kind of watch that like sort of unfold for me of like um, in my subconscious because like, like I said, I would go to this thing of like, well, if I fire her, she's not going to make any money. And then I go into like my money issues and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Why am I thinking about my money shit? When, <laughs> you know, this is her job. And so it's just interesting like how that, thread like unspools and goes off in like a hundred different directions so quickly too. Like not even 
it's it just makes you so conscious of how um, aware you have to be of your of your thinking and the, of the what train you're hopping on. Yep. Beautiful share. Really great. Does anyone else have any uh, kind of broad takeaways from the book? Anything that made uh, a light bulb go on? Kelly, are you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just resting a bit. Um, Yeah, I think this is like my third time reading this book. And um, I think the one thing that struck me this time that I hadn't caught before, or if I caught it, I just, you know, completely was oblivious to it afterwards. Um, was I've just had this perception, I think, a lot of like the subconscious mind being like almost like I don't want to say my enemy, but you know, like you know, like my subconscious mind's what's screwing me up. Almost thought, and so I just know it was a few times this time where it talked about you know the subconscious mind being you know wanting your good and wanting to support you and you know it responds to your thoughts but at the same time it's not like ooh I want to be you know I don't want to hold this on and hurt you with it it just for some reason there was a lot more gentleness that I saw in the in at this time than what I had perceived in the past and I mean the work on you know watching your thoughts because your thoughts are creative. I don't, you know, was something I may have, I've been working with it and ongoing working with it. So there were, it didn't, I think it just continued to support me in that, but just the gentleness of the subconscious mind being, you know, you know, and, I, and we've talked, you know, a lot of times you can substitute Holy, you know, spirit for it, but, you know, on, on the, not so much in doing the swap on that, it just felt much more, um, gentle to me, I think, than it had previously to be able to work with it in a much more loving way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we can always speak ourselves out. <laughs> you know, um, I find, you know, with that, uh, it feels like, um, for me, uh, it always came from the sense of urgency. Like I need to hurry up and get this. I I need to hurry up and figure this out. I need to hurry up and heal this so that I can wake up faster. You know, but when I release any sense of urgency, then I was able to become much more gentle with myself. And that really helped develop a loving relationship with this process and with my subconscious, spiritual conscious, whatever mind. Um, So I didn't feel like I was at war or in a constant state of messing up. Mm-hmm. We love to judge ourselves, don't we? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go to the specific uh, sections. Kelly, do you have one? I do. Let me grab it. Which I guess it's probably why I said the general because it kind of jumped out at me. Was um, Well, for me, it's my page 23, but it's the sub conscious does not argue controversially. I don't know if I say that right, but um, I had like several sentences and uh, go ahead. I just want to try to find it with you. So it's 
Okay. Uh, the subconscious does not argue. Controversially? <laughs> it's a big word that my mouth doesn't want to say right now. Okay, go ahead. Uh, okay, there it is. The subconscious does not argue controversially. Great. It's right before, for me, it's the end of chapter two. Great. And it's right before the review of highlights. So, the subconscious does not argue controversially. Uh, why don't we, um, you want to read it? Yeah, do you want me to read the whole thing, or there was just like the first three or four paragraphs is what I had marked? Yeah, why don't you read the first three or four paragraphs? Okay. So it said, um, your subconscious mind is all wise. It knows the answers to all questions. However, it does not know that it knows. It does not argue with you or talk back to you. It does not say, you must not impress me with suggestions of that sort. When you say, I can't do this, I am too old now. I can't meet this obligation. I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. I don't know the right politician. You are impregnating your subconscious with these negative thoughts. It responds accordingly. You are actually blocking your own good. You're bringing lack, limitation, and frustration into your life. When you set up obstacles, impediments, and delays in your conscious mind, you are denying the wisdom and intelligence resident in your subconscious mind. You're actually saying in effect that your subconscious mind cannot solve your problem. This leads to mental and emotional congestion followed by sickness and neurotic tendencies. To realize your desires and overcome your frustration, affirm boldly several times a day. The infinite intelligence that gave me this desire leads guides and reveals to me the perfect plan for the unfolding of my desire. I know the deeper wisdom of my subconscious is now responding, and what I feel and claim within is expressed in the without. There is a balance, equilibrium, and equanimity. And then that's what I marked was that section. Beautiful. So what's your big takeaway with that? Yeah, I I really, especially the latter portion for me, it, it kind of reminded me of that say, phrase, you know, that what you're seeking is causing you to seek. That, you know, and, and again, you know, using the sense of spirit, that spirit's not just like, oh, you know, this is a great thing for you to pursue, but it's going to support me in knowing, you know, the steps to take and knowing what to do so that I can be successful and the things that, you know, bring me joy and happiness and are really consistent with, you know, the deep desire of my heart. I really, really love that section. And this is, you know, if, if, if you're stuck, it's because you're, <laughs> you're creating your own blocks, you know. Get, get the heck out of Get your own blocks out of the way and let, just let it all flow. So. Mm-hmm. It reminds me also uh, what what is the uh, what is the saying that I say often about subconscious? It's a what machine? Yes. Yeah, it's a yes machine. machine. <laughs> I think that that's what this is saying is that it's just a yes machine. You know, it's not telling mm-hmm. you ooh careful. No, I like that. It says it doesn't know. Pretty much. It's a yes machine that doesn't know it's a yes machine, pretty much. <laughs> you know, it it just says yes. It just creates that. So, 
no matter what you're saying, it's, you know, it's, it's saying yes to it. So what are you interested in saying? What are you interested in experiencing? Thoughts? Takeaways? Oh, was that... <laughs> huh? No, I'd say was that a question or just a... Uh, uh, I wasn't sure if that was a question question or a question that implied the answer. <laughs> I don't know. Go, I don't one. know. The second one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else thoughts on that section? All right. Um, All right, Amina. Yes. Was there a section that stood out to you? There's a few. I'm having a little bit of a challenge because I'm on a um, an iBook, uh-huh. so I'm kind of flipping around. Um, but I'll say that the section I'm in now, uh, Chapter 5, Mental Healings in Modern Times, uh, I think it's such a great reminder that we're oh, not... It's, uh, what is it? Chapter 5, Mental Healings Uh in Modern Times. Great. Uh Okay, go ahead. I think it's it's so important for for us to remember generally, for us to all remember that we're not doing the healing, that God's doing the healing, so we don't have to worry that we don't know how, that we get Uh to hand it over. And, And we also don't get to take the credit we don't need to have, a, you know, an ego thing about, you know, I did this and I'm a healer. And I think that, you know, for people who have some identification as healers, or whether that's part of their profession or part of their intention, to really temper that and to really understand that it's God through us. Yep. And then the other part of it, um, later in, like, the next page or so in that section, is talking about how we can bring forth our own healing through meditation and through our intention. And I think that's something that I would like to personally spend more time focusing on and more intentionally um, bringing forth. Because I think so often we're just like, ah, I don't feel good, you know, how can I make it stop? Instead of really, you know, utilizing our our subconscious mind and our our mind power to, um, to heal ourselves. We can heal ourselves. Mm-hmm. Preach. Now, 
Do you have an example of a teacher who takes credit for the healing? I'm kidding. Because <laughs> I was going to say no. <laughs> Is there anyone in our circle that you can think of that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Nip. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, great. 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 Yep, I love it. Guys, it's all tying together so beautifully, isn't it? All the all the pieces are starting to fit together so perfectly. I just love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, um, Stephen? Jesse? Is there a part in it that you, that you like specifically? Uh, I thought I already shared that. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Oh. It was in, what was uh, it? It was the, give me a second. Um... It was the miracle working power of your subconscious. And then the uh, sub-chapter of what is impressed in the subconscious is expressed. Huh, okay. So that was one of my favorite, and I can't remember which chapter it was in, but the the one about, and Tom mentioned it earlier, about uh, the uh, subconscious not having a sense of humor. <laughs> that I just always remember, I, I think I say that to myself like three times a day. Uh-huh. Well, why don't you choose one of the sections that you like the best and read a little bit of it for us. Okay, do we'll, we'll, uh, just, yeah. just tell us which one it is so we follow with you if possible. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, in that same chapter, Miracle Working Power, uh, the your subconscious is your book of life. Um, it's only three uh, paragraphs. Shall I go ahead and just read all three? Yes. Okay. Whatever thoughts, beliefs, opinions, theories, or dogmas you write, engrave, or impress on your subconscious mind, you shall experience them as the objective manifestation of circumstances, conditions, and events. What you write on the inside, you will experience on the outside. You have two sides to your life, objective and subjective, visible and invisible, thought and its manifestation. Your brain receives your thought, which is the organ of your conscious reasoning mind. When your conscious or objective mind accepts the thought completely, it is sent to the solar plexus, called the brain of your mind, where it becomes flesh and is made manifest in your experience. As previously outlined, your subconscious cannot argue. It acts only from what you write on it. It accepts your verdict or the conclusions of your conscious mind as final. That is why you are always writing on the book of life, because your thoughts become your experiences. The American essayist Ralph Waldo Emerson said, quote, what he thinks all day long, end quote. All right, let's hear it. Any thoughts? Any, uh, anyone Thanks goes, so much. Oh, yeah, totally. What? Just thanks a lot, Stephen. You took mine. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> well, the solar plexus thing uh, is what hit me the most when I read it because that's always been, like, for as long as I can remember, uh, where I always feel um, 
uh, distress, especially if I'm anxious or whatever. Like it's always been in that spot, and I never could quite pinpoint because it's not like your stomach, but it's not, and it's not in your chest. Um, and so this, when I read this, I was like, oh my god, that completely explains it. And so that's always been sort of like my physical um, barometer of where, of when I know, like, okay, I'm getting like off the rails here. Why was it? Uh, why was that your section, Patsy? Because we have one mind. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> um, nice I, try. <laughs> Uh, I just, you know, it was really struck by the truth of, uh, I mean, it just really resonated as true, the idea that, that you're, whatever you're inscribing on the inside, you're, you'll experience on the outside. And um, um, I've, I've found myself returning to this section a lot um, when I feel as though I'm, mani- I'm manifesting things in my life that aren't or what I would want to manifest, I, it's it's caused me to really stop and think about what my internal dialogue is. And um, so I, it's been, I mean, I, I, I really do, like, revisit this section quite a bit um, for that reason. I, I think that and the, I'm not sure where it is in relation. I'm also doing an iBook thing here, but there's also the, the section that discusses belief, the significance of belief, and the idea that it's not so much about belief in a particular ritual um, or protocol, but just the the act of believing itself, um, which is fundamental to not only what we manifest, but um, even what we know as faith, that that belief has to be there first. And so that's been the other, the other I think, the other big takeaway from the reading for me is what do you believe? Well, what do you believe? Um, I I believe that uh, love is is our origin and the place that. Um, on this journey that we have, we are making our way back to in a complete in a complete way, um, and that it isn't so much something. This idea of it being this thing that we grant each other or we fall into or whatever, but it is literally the creative force of the universe and and the thing that sustains us. Um, I believe that my thoughts uh, are the start point for everything that manifests in my life, in my existence, um, that that's the, the root and so that I have to be, um, I have to be a, a guardian of those thoughts, I have to be a caretaker, I have to consider what I'm planting there you know, because I I know what I want to reap, and so I have to be really conscious of what the seeds are that I'm planting in my thought life, things that I'm entertaining, things that I'm energizing. 
I believe um, that you're a very handsome man. Yeah, I see that manifesting in your life. (laughs) Really beautifully. (laughs) That's great. Thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful, guys. Any other insights, thoughts on this? All right. How about Mr. Hennessy? Is there a specific section that stood out to you, Tom? Tommy Boy. Tom, are you on mute? Hello? Hi. Okay. Uh, basically, is what I'm saying is, you know, I like like the visualization technique found in Chapter 6, which uh, basically is... Uh, how you visualize and uh, being able to, what you see in your mind's eye as vividly as it were alive, it will be able to to manifest. In other words, it's saying the visualization technique uh, on page, for my book is page 82. It says, the easiest and most obvious way to formulate an idea is to visualize it, to see it in your mind's eye as vividly as it were alive. You can see with the naked eye only what exists in the external world. In a similar way, that which you can visualize in your mind's eye already exists in the invisible realms of your mind. Any picture you have in your mind is the substance of things to hope for and for the evidence of things not seen. What you form in your imagination is, is as real as any part of your body. The idea and the thought are real and will one day appear in your objective world if you are faithful to your mental image. So this is basically telling me, you know, that what I'm visualizing in uh, in my mind's eye, this is what uh, what will uh, happen, you know. It's, uh, sometimes it can be uh, instantaneous, sometimes it'll take a while and and this would give us, uh, actually give us time sometimes when it takes a while to say, do I really want this in my life? Do I really uh, accept this? And then we can change it if this is not and uh, continue to visualize it if it is. And why do you feel like that's important? Why, why, how do you think that works? Okay, because it all programs the subconscious mind. It's the technique that you're visualizing that uh, you're always, you're always visualizing whether you realize it or not. And some people are more adept to it than others, but it's still like uh, because this is uh, uh, the quickest way to me is uh, getting into your subconscious mind is because you're using several things. You know, you're using the power of visualization, you're using the power of uh, right thinking, you're using the your power of uh, sometimes 
if you're saying things out loud, you're using that part too. Beautiful. It's like when I read something, you know, like if I'm reading a novel, I can visualize it very well. I can see it exact, you know, maybe not quite like what the author has said, but uh, basically what is on paper there. So this gives me uh, the the realization that, yeah, we're visualizing what the author has written. You know, we're visualizing what is in our own life, and what we're visualizing is creating... And out, what we're picturing in our mind's eye is we're out picturing in our external world. Beautiful. Anyone else? What else? What, is, what, what do others think about that? Any thoughts? I think my big thought is that people are tired, <laughs> still processing the retreat. Um, there's only uh, one section that I like to do. Um, one section that I really encourage everybody to read is 13. Section is subconscious and the wonders of sleep. Um, it really talks about how in sleep, uh, you know, our subconscious mind really gets to work and finds solutions and ways and things to that uh, extent. So really check that out, guys. I, I feel like it's uh, such a uh, beautiful, beautiful section. Um, really, a lot of the other sections... Just for the sake of time, we're moving on to um, uh, radical forgiveness. But the part on your subconscious mind as a partner in success, really great stuff, really great tips, really good stuff there. So, um, but I like to read. Sorry, I just had it here. I just lost it. Jesse? Yes. I just wanted to say that the the sleep thing, um, in terms of the techniques that were outlined in the one chapter, I've actually been practicing the Baudouin technique, which is the the repetition, the mantra, uh, the almost lullaby-like mantra as I'm falling asleep. And really have seen some great results from that sort of... That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty effective. Yeah. I I hear you. <laughs> I love it. I really, you know, when I when I remember to do that and I go to sleep, I always have a really beautiful experience. And it feels very proactive. Um, I just would like to reiterate from Chapter 7, the tendency of the subconscious is life words. Um, 
There's a section that the subconscious mind works continually for the common good. The subjective self within you works continuously for the general good, reflecting an innate principle of harmony behind all things. Your subconscious mind has its own will, and it is a very real something in itself. It acts night and day, whether you act upon it or not. It is the builder of your body, but you cannot see, hear, or feel it building. As all this is a silent process, your subconscious has a life of its own, which is always moving toward harmony, health, and peace. This is the divine norm within it, seeking expression through you at all times. And the next section, how man interferes with the innate principle of harmony. To think correctly, scientifically, we must know the truth. To know the truth is to be in harmony with the infinite intelligence and power of your subconscious mind, which is always moving lifeward. Every thought or action which is not harmonious, whether through ignorance or design, will result in discord and limitation of all kinds. Scientists inform us that you build a new body every 11 months, so you're really only 11 months old, from a physical standpoint, if you, if you build defects back into your body by thoughts of fear, anger, jealousy, and ill will, you have no one to blame but yourself. You are at the sum total of your own thoughts. You can keep from entertaining negative thought and imagery. The way to get rid of darkness is with light. The way to overcome a cold is with heat. The way to overcome the negative thought is to substitute the good, is to substitute the good thought. Affirm the good and the bad will vanish. So... I love that because it just reiterates that it's always lifeward. And it says the subconscious mind has a will of its own. What is that will? Let's say for you. What is the subconscious mind will for you? The same as God's will or perfect happiness? Happiness. That is it. Happiness. Happiness. (laughs) It's working always for our happiness. But we're not going to let that happen now, are we? (laughs) Yes, we are. Yes. It's absolutely essential that we begin to believe that our natural state is one of happiness and joy. And believe that God's will, God's only will, there, God, there's no will that says, God's will is not for us to be anything or do anything other than happy. That's it. That's it. (laughs) It's that joke I've told a thousand times, which I'll tell one more time. There's a man in middle management who's about 20 pounds overweight, and he knows, he just knows that if he were to, you know, go to that gym, he could lose the weight. If he would apply himself a little more at work, he could get that promotion. 
and with that good job and that great, you know, um, and that great body, he would for sure attract a great partner. And so one day he wakes up and he decides it's time. I'm going for it. So he uh, gets dressed and he's ready to do it. He has a gym bag with him going to work. He's going to go in. He's going to exercise and he's going to really apply himself. And uh, on his way to the office, he gets hit by a car crossing the street and dies. And he goes up to heaven and he sees God and goes, God, I know, I know that if I were to have just applied myself a little more, I could have gotten that raise. I also know that if I were to have worked out and gotten in shape, I could have gotten that great partner. I'm sorry to have disappointed you. And God said, no, 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 you missed the point. My only desire for you, all I've ever wanted for you, was to work in middle management, be 20 pounds overweight, single, and happy. Just happiness. And that's what our subconscious mind is always working towards, is our happiness. So we just have to, our job is just to release the attachment to the stories that we have, the beliefs that we have, that tell us that we're anything other than perfect, whole, and complete. I say it a billion times, but that's really it. And we must believe that it's true. At least develop, cultivate the willingness to believe that it's true. And, you know, that's the game. All right, my beloveds. Everyone did really great. Um, I love you guys so much. Any final thoughts, words, anything you'd like to put out there? I physically miss all of you. Me too. Are you feeling it in your solar plexus? (laughs) <laughs> That's a very personal question. It is. I retract that question. <laughs> I feel like we have that kind of relationship. <laughs> it might just be gas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Let's put the, I'm going to take, uh, I'll take Patsy's hand. I will take Amina's hand. I will take Stephen's hand. I will take Tom's hand. I will take Kelly's hand. And I'll take Jesse's hand. Yes. Holding the hands of our, the loves of our life, we just give thanks to be in sacred circle, to be in sacred community, how good it is to know the truth, how grateful we are to have mighty companions on the path that are reminding us of the truth, of who we are, so that we can uh, untie the knots together. Going forward, just in complete surrender, surrendering to our highest, holiest self, our authentic self, surrendering to the Holy Spirit, aligning with love's thought system. We go forward with an open heart and open mind and perfect congruency, releasing anything that would hinder our perfect happiness. We just give thanks and we rejoice and we let it be. 
sharing all of this love, all of this light, and all the healing benefits of our commitment to live in love with everyone because we're one with them. And so it is. Amen. So it is. Amen. Uh, just a reminder to anyone on the leadership circle that we have a leadership circle meeting this Sunday after service. Woohoo! Love you guys. I'll be there. All right. Bye, all. Bye. All right. Love you guys. Bye. All right. Bye bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.